Hey, good to see everybody. Thank you for braving the cold here in Florida to come out to church. Uh, it's so cold today. How cold is it? Well, I'll tell you. It's so cold, I was driving to work today. I was driving up here to the church, and I saw hitchhikers holding signs and pictures of their thumb. That's how cold it was. As cold as it is, hey, would you want to join our uh, live streaming congregation as well? And Jim York from Kansas is joining us this morning. However cold it is here, I bet it's colder in Kansas today than it is here. Paul Anderson was, may have been the strongest man who ever lived. In 1955, at age 22, he won the U.S. National Amateur Weightlifting Championship. In Moscow, that same year, he broke two world records. In 1956, the next year, at 23 years of age, he won gold at the Olympics. He's in the Guinness Book of World Records for lifting the greatest weight ever raised by a human being, a backlift of 6,270 pounds. He left his amateur status in order to establish the Paul Anderson Home for Troubled Youth in Vidalia, Georgia. So he would travel around, speak, and raise funds for that home. He did face personal struggles with kidney damage from a childhood bout with Bright's disease. He had a sister who donated a kidney and extended his life by several years. A modern-day Job, he suffered without complaining. Many said during his last years, he taught them not only how to live, but also how to die. There was a reporter from News Media Magazine spent several months with Paul Anderson, and afterwards he wrote, he's the strongest man in the world, and he also lifts weights. As a kid at a youth group, I uh, went to a youth conference in Georgia, got to hear Paul Anderson speak. And Tony Gilliam was telling me on the way out after the 8.30 service that he was at a, a Youth for Christ event where Paul Anderson was there and got 10 people up on a table and lifted them up on his back. And Toby was one of those 10 men. So I thought that was interesting. So we're in a sermon series, if you're new to us, entitled The Journey. We're journeying with Christ from his birth to his resurrection in the Gospel of Luke. And in, in, in previous messages, we've already seen how this is a glorious journey. It's glory in the sense of character, and we're being transformed into the character of Christ. And last Sunday, we talked about the tempting journey. Learned a th few things from Jesus about how to handle temptation. Today's theme is strength. This is a strong journey. And I want us to see that in two or three ways this morning. First, we acknowledge the need for strength. Our need for strength. We're doing our scripture work in Luke chapter 8, beginning with verse 26. They, meaning Jesus and his disciples, arrived in the region of the Gerasenes. As Jesus was climbing out of the boat, a man who was possessed by demons came out to meet him. For a long time, he'd been homeless and naked, living in the tombs outside the town. Even when he was placed under guard and put in chains and shackles, he simply broke them and rushed out into the wilderness, completely under the demon's power. So the people who lived here in the region of the Gerasenes had a real live boogeyman. This guy, they had to warn their children not to go over there near the cemetery. They certainly would have locked their doors up at night. It's very powerful. Uh, the Gospel of Matthew adds that this uh, demoniac would just, they would scream all night long out there in the cemetery. Ah! Can you imagine how disconcerting that would be? It's a, it was annoying coming from me. And just imagine from the 
the demoniac there. But that's what they had to live with. And the description here shows us just how strong he was because of the, the demons that possessed him. He had this kind of supernatural strength. He could not be held by chains. No, no human being could overpower him. So I think it well illustrates our need for strength because our enemy is strong. Our enemy is strong. We have three, basically, we have three enemies as Christians. The flesh, the world, and the devil. The devil. Now some people, we sometimes wonder, is demon possession still happening today like it was what we're reading about here in the gospel narrative? And I know there, there are Christians who fall on both sides of that question. Some say absolutely yes. I'm mean, missionaries. We see this all the time. You can read authors. Jack Cottrell believed that demon possession was still happening today. There are other Christians on the other side of that issue who say no. I think that the de- demonic activity was especially pronounced during this time when Jesus was on the earth. Not so much now. Personally, I don't know. I think the jury is out as far as demon possession. However... In my mind, there's no question that there is still demonic activity today. There may be what we might call demonic oppression. Certainly, Satan as our enemy continues to deceive and to tempt us and to attack us. We don't have to speculate about that. The Bible is very clear. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, the Apostle Paul writes, the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times, Some will turn away from the true faith. Those are Christians who are being tempted to turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. Are we in the last times, the last days? Of course we are. In the first gospel sermon recorded in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, the apostle Peter was preaching there. He quotes the prophet Joel. And where Joel says, in the last days, in the last days, God will pour out His Spirit on all mankind. And the Apostle Peter says, this is that. What Joel was talking about is what we're seeing right now. The last days began during, at Jesus' resurrection. They began on the day of Pentecost, and we have been continued until today. We've been in the last days for the last 2,000 years. So all I'm saying is, Satan continues his activity of deceiving of lying. All false religions have been inspired by demons. You today, if sometimes we're going through our day, we're reading or we see something that undermines our faith, causes us to doubt or to wonder, that is satanic activity. That is what Satan and the demons want to do is to undermine our faith and reclaim us back from God. And part of my my point right here is we, in our own strength, are overmatched by Satan. We cannot just push through this battle in and of our own human willpower. The Savo lions were a pair of male lions accused of devouring some 140 workers. Along Kenya's Savo River, where crews were building a railroad bridge in 1898, hundreds of workers fled, halting the construction. Finally, the project's chief engineer finally hunted down both of those lines and killed them, and the bridge was completed the next year. Uh, They made a movie based upon that story. Anybody know what the name of that movie was? Ghost in the Darkness. The Ghost and the Darkness. They did a necropsy on those lions, and they found they were man-eaters, but they probably had only eaten about 35 people. 
not 140. I guess those who claimed it was 140 were just a lion. All right. But Peter writes in 1 Peter 5.8, Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion seeking for someone to devour. Hey, uh, you know, non-Christians, he's already got them. But if you're a Christian, there's a bullseye on your back, on our back. He would love to reclaim us. He is definitely attacking us, undermining us. We dare not go up against this enemy without the proper firepower. He is armed and he is dangerous. All right, second point. Staying with the same account, the same story. Second point, flex the power of strength. Flex the power of strength. Let's continue. As soon as he saw Jesus, Luke 8, 28. I'm going to read a long passage. I think I've just got one key scripture up there. Oh, let me say this before I start reading here. There is a, a phrase or an idea or a theme that is repeated three times in this pericope of scripture that I'm about to read. See if you can hear what it is. So you got to listen. It's not going to be on the screen. There's a phrase or a theme or a thought repeated three times. As soon as he saw Jesus, he shrieked and fell down in front of him. Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high? Please, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already commanded the evil spirit to come out of him. Jesus demanded, what is your name? Legion, he replied, for he was filled with many demons. The demons kept begging Jesus not to send them into the bottomless pit. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby, and the demons begged him to let them enter the pigs. So Jesus gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man, entered the pigs, and the entire herd plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned. And that's the origin of deviled ham. Just keeps getting, it just keeps getting worse, doesn't it, Raul? Anybody, uh, so what was the thing? What was repeated three times in there? Anybody pick that out? The, the, what it was, the, de the demons begged Jesus. That, that phrase is used three times. The demons begged Jesus. So, you know, you might anticipate as the story is unfolding, oh, there's going to be this huge confrontation take place between Jesus and the demoniac. Uh, because... They land, and the demoniac's charging up the hill, and Jesus steps out of the boat, so you've got righteousness and goodness, and you've got evil here, and there's going to be this big clash, but it's kind of anticlimactic, because as soon as the demoniac gets to where Jesus is, he falls on the ground and starts begging for mercy. Please, please, don't torture us, please, don't throw us into the bottomless pit. You know, just think, these poor devils, these poor devils. So, we're talking about strength. One of the ways you know strength is kind of by comparison. If I brought a, a rack of barbells up here, you know, maybe I can curl 20, maybe you can curl 30. And we see the strength of the demoniac from nobody could overpower him and, and chains could not hold him. Well, that's strong. That's a supernatural level of strength. But now we see by comparison the strength of Jesus. Jesus comes on the scene. And the demoniac throws himself at his feet. So in this comparison of, for instance, Jesus and the demoniac, or let's just say Jesus and the devil, this is not an equal comparison. If you put Jesus and the devil on a scale, they're not going to balance. 
Jesus is going to weigh more. Jesus has the gravitas. Jesus is the 500-pound gorilla in the room. There simply is no comparison. It's not like Jesus is the personification of good, and here the devil is the personification of evil, and they're basically, they're basically on equal terms. They're not equal. And we know that. Because Jesus is, is God. He's divine. He is an eternal being. Satan is a finite being. He had a beginning. As far as we can tell, Satan is a fallen angel. God created the angels. So he is a created, finite being. Jesus is eternal. He is infinite. He is uncreated being. Satan's very existence is contingent and dependent. It's contingent and dependent upon God. God is self-existent. He's not contingent or dependent upon anything. God has omniscience, meaning all knowledge. Satan's knowledge is limited. He doesn't have the omniscience of God. God's power is omnipotent, all power. Satan has power, but it's limited. He's not omnipotent. They're not equal. God is more powerful. That's important for us to know and understand in our journey. We're flexing the strength of power. And we want to flex the power of God. The Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So yes, yes, we're in a fight. And we never get a day off from the battle. And that's one of the reasons it's so hard to be a Christian every day. Because we will be attacked. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So we, we have a strength and a power that we can avail ourselves of. It is a spiritual power. Think of uh, who in the Old Testament would you say would, would normally come to mind as probably the strongest man in the Old Testament? Samson. Yeah, I'm thinking of Samson. Physical strength. Samson. Now, so I got a slide up here. Now, let me show you these two characters. Which would you probably pick to play Samson, you know, in the movie? Is it going to be the, the big, bulky guy on the right or the little skinny dude on the left? Well, most people would pick the big buff guy on the right. But, uh, you know, it really doesn't matter. It could be the little skinny guy. I mean, all the movies, if you ever saw a Samson movie, it's always a big buff bodybuilder. But you could add Don Knotts playing Samson. Because his strength was not in his body. His strength was not in his muscles. His strength was in the Lord. If you read the narrative there of Samson, four different times you read where and the the power of the Lord came upon Samson and then he went and killed Philistines or then he went and killed a lion or he did whatever feat of strength he was doing. It was always the power of the Spirit of the Lord coming upon him. And when Samson stopped doing those things that connected him to God, when he, he started, he was a Nazarite, he'd taken a vow. So when he started drinking and when he was touching dead bodies and when he allowed his hair to be cut, the Bible says that the Lord left him and he didn't even know. The Lord left him, and he didn't even know, and that's when he got a beatdown because he no longer was operating out of the strength of the Spirit of God. So we, we have to have that strength. How do we avail ourselves of God's strength? Well, number one, you've got to be a Christian. You gotta, we have to have the Spirit of God indwelling us, and that happens when you become a Christian. Luke says in Acts that God gives the Holy Spirit to all those who obey him. Well, what's he talking about, obey him? Well, the Apostle Peter in that first gospel sermon 
said to those who said, what shall we do? And he said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sin, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, baptism is the occasion of salvation. So, first of all, we have to be a Christian. When you're baptized into Christ, God gives us that indwelling gift of the Holy Spirit. Once we have the Holy Spirit, that's, that's the most important thing. But we want to access His power. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, Paul writes, Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. He says, because we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. We're, fly, we're fighting against spiritual forces of darkness in the heavenly realms. Against principalities and powers. What's Paul talking about? He's talking about demons. We're fighting a spiritual battle against demonic forces. Therefore, he says, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Our weightlifting is not going to help us here. We have to access the power of the Holy Spirit. So how do we do that? You know, I think what we're doing right here, right now, is part of that. Worshiping God, gathering together, fellowshipping with other Christians singing praises, praying, reading scriptures, all the things that we know to do. It's what might be called the spiritual disciplines. Paul goes on in that passage, he says, put on the armor of God so that having done everything, you will be able to stand, stand against Satan. Put on the armor of God, the helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, shoes of the gospel of peace, shield of faith, sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I hesitate to say this, but I'm going to. I was at the Florida Bible Conference uh, this past, well, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. I, I love going to that in Kissimmee. I see a bunch of my buddies, old friends from Bible college, minister-type friends. And I went, up, I went out with a couple of them for lunch, and we were three hours at lunch just talking, just fellowshipping and enjoying each other's company. But the conversation was going in a certain direction. It caused me to ask this question. I said, hey, what are you guys doing for your devotions, your personal devotion time? Awkward silence. And I knew right then they weren't doing anything. And one of them just said, well, you know, I prepare sermons every Sunday, and that's my, that's my time with God. I didn't say anything, and I've trained my face not to show shock when somebody says something that shocks me. But um, they're in a place of weakness. And I've been that guy. I have been that guy. I've been, I've been in the ministry uh, early in those early years when I didn't have a quiet time with God and spend any devotional time with God. I was just preparing lessons and sermons weakest time of my life losing battles to Satan left and right be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power how do we put on the full armor of God I you know Paul's not explicit here I think it's what we know as the the spiritual disciplines I think it's getting with God every day I think at least it means to think through those pieces of armor and the way I do it is I pray them on and I have a Time in my prayer time every morning. I did it this morning, 6 o'clock in the morning, like 40 degrees below zero out there in the park. And uh, I say, Lord, I'm putting on the helmet of salvation. I quote a scripture verse. I'm putting on the breastplate of righteousness. I'm putting on the belt of truth, putting on the shoes of the gospel of peace. I'm taking the shield of faith. I'm taking the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, profitable for teaching, correcting, rebuking, training in righteousness. Teach me, correct me, rebuke me, train me in righteousness, make me complete for every good work. Pray on all occasions with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. So those things, just, just in, uh, in prayer, put those on. Maybe attach a little scripture to each one. That forces us to think those things through, to pray them through with God. I don't know if that's the right way or not. Maybe you have a way of doing this, but that's the way I do it. 
If we knew that we were walking out those doors today, you had to walk out by yourself and you couldn't stay in here and you're going to meet two lions and there was a suit of armor and a high-powered rifle on the wall, would you, wa- would you walk out there naked and unarmed or would you put on that suit of armor and take the rifle? Why walk throughout the day without the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives? The demoniac was converted by Jesus. The demons were cast out. And he wanted to go with Jesus and, and leave. Uh, let me come with you. I mean, he was probably embarrassed to even stay there where everybody knew him. But Jesus said, no, I want you to stay here and give your testimony. I want you to tell what God has done for you. And that's what he did. Now, the people at the, in that particular day, they rejected Jesus. They asked him to go away and don't come back. Because the devil you know sometimes is better than the devil you what? You don't. But Jesus circled back around a few months later and the people received him with open arms. What was the difference? I think it's because this guy stayed and gave his testimony and he prepared the way for the Lord and sometimes there's nothing more powerful than a personal testimony. Tulare, if you would come on up at this time. Now, some of you may know, today is a National Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. National Sanctity of Human Life. We put an emphasis, uh, we are pro-life, we're pro-life Christians. This is a pro-life congregation. And in, the, in that, my final point here is, is to the strength of a personal testimony. When somebody is willing to be transparent and humble and share from maybe a mistake that they learned in the past. That's what the demoniac did. And uh, that's what Talera wants to do for us just now. She volunteered to do. So let's listen to her ter- uh, testimony for just a minute here. Today we recognize Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, a time set aside to celebrate God's gift of life, commemorate the many lives lost to abortion, and protecting human life at every stage from conception to natural death. We are all created in the image of God. He is the giver of life. Today I would like to tell you about a new post-adoption support group for birth mothers. But first, I would like to briefly tell you about my story. It was 1969, I was 16 years old, and had an unplanned pregnancy. Frightened and confused, I was so afraid to tell my parents. I screamed, God, why would you do this to me? I wanted someone to blame. When I no longer could keep the secret and I told my mother, she suggested that I could have an abortion. Through tears, I told her, no, I will not kill my baby. I was sent away to stay with a family who took in unwed mothers. The day day came on June 10th when I went into labor. Just when I was about to give birth, the nurses quickly covered my eyes. They took my baby, I heard the cry, and they took it to another room. I felt like someone was sticking a knife in my heart. The emotional pain was so great. That was the end. I didn't know if my baby was a girl or a boy. In that moment, I felt like I didn't have the right to know. Suddenly, I had become compliant to authority. I was kept on the maternity ward with the other mothers who would be taking their babies home. My door was kept shut so I could block out the sound of the baby's cries. I returned to the family who kept me during pregnancy, empty-handed, numb, depressed, ashamed, and afraid again. You see, no one knew. My four older brothers, my grandparents, my friends, a big secret from them. 
what would they think of me? Back then, I was the bad girl in your neighborhood, in your high school, in your church. You know the one. Two weeks later, my parents picked me up, took me home, never to talk about it again. I cried inside, not knowing how to handle the situation. I thought about my child. Were they okay? What was my child thinking about me? Did they think that I rejected them? I hurt so bad and no one to talk to. I married and had two more children. They occupied my mind, but never did I forget my first child. How could I? I was so guilt-ridden and couldn't forgive myself. I wouldn't make friends for fear that I would have to reveal my secret to them. A failed marriage. The only thing I felt I had left to do is to go to church. I had gone to church as a teenager, and I knew there was a God. Maybe he would understand, and I could talk to him. I couldn't talk to my earthly father. When I began having a relationship with God, and he showed me that his grace was sufficient for me, and he forgave me, I finally forgave myself. After 29 years of wondering about my child, my daughter and I found each other, Sherry. I was able to tell my secret to my brothers and the other family members. You see, within the adoption community, birth mothers have often been overlooked, faded into the background, forgotten and ignored. They have so many emotions to deal with, grief, loss of their child, wearing a mask that everything is just fine so they will be accepted, relationships and so much more. These are the topics we will learn about in the new support group for birth mothers called SEEN. Hagar, the slave, had been mistreated and out of desperation, when she couldn't take the pain anymore, she fled. She quickly found herself alone and wondered if anyone cared about her. The answer is yes. Hagar was seen by the God who cares and he has seen me and he has answered me in the times I thought I couldn't struggle with another day. If you are a birth mom from the 50s, 60s, 70s, or recently placed your child for adoption, we hope you will join us at, our, at CareNet next Tuesday, January 23rd at 6 p.m. to connect with other birth mothers, begin the path to healing, and learn to thrive. I have put some informational cards in the back if you want to pick one up. Maybe you haven't placed your child for adoption, but you had an abortion. God sees you. He knows your secret, and he knows your pain. So call CareNet. Begin your journey to healing. Thank you.